Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love, hosted by Richard Osler. My guest on today's podcast, joining me from his home in the near Boston, Massachusetts, is my friend Zachary Davis. Welcome to the podcast, Zach. Thank you, Richard. A pleasure to be here. I became aware of Zach listeners um, in the middle of last year when he was named the executive director of Faith Matters. And I believe that's a new position, the first paid employee at Faith Matters. And this podcast is extremely supportive of Faith Matters. And sometimes I reach out to the leadership team of Faith Matters and have them on the podcast, just connect you, our listeners, with Faith Matters. And I thought it'd be great for Zach as the new executive director of Faith Matters and also a magazine that Zach is the executive or is the editor of Wayfair Magazine, W-A-Y-F-A-R Magazine, and talk about that. Um, The word magazine is a lot broader term um, than I'm used to, and he'll talk about thinking about a magazine in a much more expansive way. Um, Zach is a graduate of Brigham Young University. He's a graduate of Harvard Divinity School. Um, He lives in Somerville with his wife and three kids, and um, welcome to the podcast, Zach. Thank you so much, Richard. Um, um, I'd love you to tell your story. Often, I mean, you're doing something, if I'd met you at age 17, you probably didn't think you'd be doing. Um, it's a very unique career path to go to Harvard Divinity School and doing all the things. Would you share a little bit just before we get into Faith Matters and Wayfair, just your personal story. Sometimes that gives vision and perspective to younger Latter-day Saints that are kind of trying to figure out their way? When I was young, my mother used to play Candyland with me a lot. And if any of you have played Candyland, you'll remember that the road that you have to walk down in that game is incredibly windy. And I think about that as a good model for my strange and unusual career path that has been barely planned and mostly just responding to the calls of my heart and then somehow figuring out how can I keep providing for my loved ones? (laughs) So I grew up in St. George, Utah in the desert and I went to BYU and I had gone on my mission to Spain, southern Spain. And while I was there, I mostly taught and got to know immigrants, which for European missionaries is not unusual. Um, and there were people from Ecuador, from Nigeria, from Rom- Romania, people from all over there during the European Union-funded housing boom. They were building all kinds of buildings, and there were so all kinds of construction jobs. and We would knock on doors and there would be sometimes 17, 18 people living in a single apartment. And as someone who'd grown up, you know, very middle class, very comfortable, this was absolutely shocking to me. How in the world do people, you know, live like this and how, how bad must their home countries be for them to come uh, and live in these conditions? So I got very, very interested in questions of poverty, questions of development. And when I returned to BYU, I was lucky to join this wonderful political science project led by Dan Nielsen that was studying 
how foreign aid worked, how it could be done better. And in general, how do we support countries trying to provide better lives for their, for their citizens? Um, so all through BYU, I was really interested in the, the impact of ideas, the impact of how we organize life together. And that took me to Washington, D.C. Uh, I got a job at a think tank, the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace. Um, and I thought I was going to go save the world by being this you know, amazing political figure of some kind. Um, but a year in D.C. absolutely disabused me of the notion um, that you could avoid becoming a swamp creature. And I just saw how cynical and bitter most of the people who worked in government uh, became. And I was really anxious about what that kind of life would do to my heart. And I had fallen in love with a, a woman from Ukraine, Maria uh, Manjos, and we ended up moving to Ukraine, uh, getting engaged there and got married in the, the newly built Kiev temple. Wow. And while I was there, I had, you know, a, a while to think about what was I going to do with my life if politics was not the path? And what could I do that I know I, I, I could be sure would help people? And I ended up deciding that it was reading and engaging with great works of literature and art where I felt I could make the most difference. And I had, I had studied humanities at BYU and George Hanley and Michael Call and uh, Matt Ansel and many of these wonderful professors in the humanities department. Um, I had just loved my experience learning more deeply about the ideas that make us human. Um, and those were so formative for me. And I just, I said, okay, I don't know how, but I'm going to try to teach people about the humanities and maybe I'll do it on the internet because it's all sorts of exciting things going on, on the internet. So we moved to Boston and I found a job luckily at Harvard making online humanities courses. Wow. And it was this beautiful experience of being able to share knowledge with people for free around the world. Um, and I did that for quite a few years. I was kind of course producer at Harvard. Um, and it was through that experience that I learned what a divinity school was. Because as a Latter-day Saint, we don't really go to divinity schools. Uh, I had grown up, you know, basically suspicious of them as places where people think too much about God um, and don't feel enough. Um, but I got to know wonderful professors. Um, and some of them said, hey, you know, you might really like this place because you're so interested in the big questions of existence. You should consider applying. And so I was able to apply and uh, attend Harvard Divinity School. Um, and I started podcasting while I was there. Um, and it was wonderful. Um, thanks for sharing that. That was um, 10 years or so in about seven minutes. You have a gift of condensing and being precise. Um, it's I love hearing stories like yours, Zach, especially for younger people that might be listening that, you know, can take principles from your story. Um, cause you had to kind of chart your own course on a principles based approach and really found what you wanted to do. And it took you a while to figure that out. Talk to, talk to younger people. What principles would you share 
to younger people. I'm thinking of college. I'm thinking of people at BYU listening right now or at other schools, kind of the college age. And and they recognize they may not fit in the normal box of just like some of these, some get to college and they just kind of know the next 30 years. And others, for whatever reason, they just don't feel like they quite fit in that sort of a box. Any principles or advice you'd give to that group? It's not easy to figure out a career plan. It's it's scary. And I remember what it felt like to not really know what I wanted to do and what I wanted to study and how to make a living. And I, I remember that time of anxiety and some real fear. Um, in retrospect, what I think really helped me is I, I never really had a particular career set in mind, but rather I was really drawn to missions or causes. And I think that can be a really big blessing for a life. Because if you say, if you can, if you can figure out for yourself what your mission is as a person, well, there's a lot of ways you can continue to make progress on a mission, even if formally your career isn't you know, exactly lining up with that. So let's just say, for example, you feel called to serve the homeless. Well, you could have a career as a social worker, um, but maybe for whatever reason, that's not a great fit. Well, okay, maybe you're a banker during the day, but at night you spend time in soup kitchens or you know, distributing blankets or food. Um, and so you always have this flexibility of, of staying true to your calling, to your mission, regardless of your formal professional uh, status. So that's been, that's been really helpful for me because um, I've done a number of different things, some paid, some not, but I always had the joy of knowing that I was carrying out what I have felt called to do, which is to help people understand their world better, understand themselves better, um, and to be empowered as human beings through ideas. And so I can carry um, my story as a, an example. Um, that also sometimes our vocations can evolve and our callings can evolve. So from the time I lucked into this, this job at Harvard, um, my primary calling to my mind was helping people engage with the humanities, with books and art and culture and philosophy. Um, but about two years ago, um, I had, I had just finished this very large podcast series on books called Writ Large. And we did 104 episodes. Wow. And it was every episode was a different book that changed the world. It was this beautiful series and I loved, I loved it. Um, but towards the end, I kind of started to feel like, you know, I I think I've kind of done what I wanted to do <laughs> through the humanities. And it was a little scary because I was like, man, I I think something else is calling me, but I don't know what that is yet. And 
in other traditions, sometimes they call this period um, like a time of discernment where you're open to following where the spirit might take you. And I really felt this strongly. I'm like, I, I know a new chapter is going to begin. I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, but I increasingly started to feel that I was being called to contribute more directly to building the kingdom of God. And this took me a little bit by surprise because although I'd always been very active, I, I, it wasn't for, you know, my, I was also very interested in the academy. I was very interested in world of scholarship. Um, but I, I just really felt this pull. And so I started trying to follow where that spirit was taking me. And the first um, place that I started to begin was I, I got interested in the bicentennial of the church coming up in mm. 2030. And I started, you know, thinking I, I've done some organizing work. I've done some media production work. I'm like, I wonder if we could build a community to put together new expressions of LDS culture and art and ideas in time for this bicentennial in 2030. So I started having some conversation, you know, no idea where this would go, no idea what, if this would come to anything, but I, I was just following this call. And I ended up having a conversation about this idea with Spencer Fluman, who yeah. is the director of the Maxwell Institute. And he was a former professor of mine. So he, you know, remembered me as somebody who would pester him with questions after <laughs> class every day. Um, and he said, Zach, it's a great idea. Um, I have somebody you should talk to. Uh, his name's Bill Turnbull. He's created this wonderful project called Faith Matters. And I had not heard of it. Um, but the next day, I was on my way to Midway um, to have lunch with Bill and to share this idea of this bicentennial commemoration. And um, that lunch began a friendship, and it began a series of conversations about how can we do something to help renew our tradition, to help carry our mission forward as we enter our third century. Um, and so after a few months of really getting to know each other and um, me learning much more about Faith Matters mission, um, surprisingly, Bill said, hey, do you, do you want to get more involved with what we're doing? And it was so different in a way than what I had been doing for the last 10 years, but it also felt like absolutely the right step to follow the spirit. And I joined officially as executive director in June, uh, or in July, sorry, of, of last year. Um, and what's crazy is like, it feels like my whole life was preparing me for this role. And it's the most beautiful thing ever to find your place and to know that you're giving all of your talents and your passion to something that's serving other people. How old are you, Zach? Oh, a gentleman never asks <laughs> an age. Um, I'm 38. 38. I just love that segment, listeners. Um, I, as I work with young people, I think it's not easy to chart your own path. And you have all these voices about how to chart your path. And one of the things that's um, helpful about Zach's story is I think you listened to some of those voices and were open to advice and suggestion, but you really charted your own path and owned it. And I think you do better when you 
really own that. And that's our doctrine. You know, write your own story, receive personal revelation, have confidence to do this the way you do it. I think we do better when you really own it versus you're responding to others' expectations or cultural expectations and not fully vested. And and then often I think you, Zach, in his, I'm going to call you mid-30s, 38 seems mid-30s, Zach. I'm not, Very generous. Uh, <laughs> then I've seen this pattern often when all these different experiences that sometimes you don't quite know how they all fit together in a puzzle. At some points in your life, you can kind of get at the top of the mountain and see the long view of, you know, the last 20 years, the last 10 years, and start to see how it makes sense and where you are right now is possible because of all the individual decisions that you made and even some of the ones that didn't turn out very well. And those were actually helpful in the long run to know how to do what you're doing now or bring you to where you're doing now. So it's not just 40 perfect decisions that got you there. It's a it's a combination of lots of things, some that aren't our finest moments and are painful as we have to regroup and and retarget. We look at those in a positive way. So we didn't plan this ahead of time, listeners. And I've Zach has given some really thoughtful, some of the very best um, sort of life story that's a principle-based that I think we both hope you can apply to your lives. And maybe there's even some that are my age that are still trying to figure out exactly in their 60s, how to go forward. And I love your story to help people like me. Any more thoughts on that, your personal story, before we talk about Faith Matters? Well, even for your older listeners, I want to share my favorite quote that contains life advice. This has been really helpful for me, that we overestimate what we can do in the short term, and we underestimate what we can do in the long term. And what that means is, to me, that we can really do extraordinary things if we just start making slow and steady steps. And it's amazing how things can start to accumulate and and build on one another. And so no matter what it is that you want to do, any way that you want to serve, just start taking steps in that direction into the dark. And my experience is that amazing miracles can happen. Love that. Um, we'll link to Faith Matters if you're not aware of that in the show notes as well as Wayfair Magazine Um, I met you at Restore I think in September, October of last year and um, I'd love you to talk about I mean will you introduce Faith Matters if there's somebody not, not aware of Faith Matters I guess at some point you weren't introduce Faith Matters to our listeners and then Talk about Restore and or the magazine. So Faith Matters is so wonderful and so beautiful. I'm so lucky to be a part of it. At its heart, it's a space for expansive conversations. It's a platform where we can explore together big questions of life and spirit and faith. It began uh, about five years ago with some a, a couple of couples who just wanted to try to serve uh, this community that they were worried was struggling in various ways. And they started hosting conversations and Terrell Gibbons um, was instrumental in helping create some of these spaces where difficult but important conversations could happen. 
And so we have a podcast which has more than 130 episodes now, um, ranging from theology to history to mental health, um, to try to take a a full view of the a full view of the issues that we Latter Day Saints are facing, um, but do it in a way that builds and nourishes um, and and opens, um, and that that spirit of of trying to create new openings is what I think is so powerful about the faith matters project is it is exploratory. And, um, we've also published a number of books, um, Patrick Mason's book restoration, which is the most powerful punch of wisdom in a short span of pages that you'll read. Um, Terrell and Fiona have, a wonderful book on renewing our religious language um, called All Things New. Um, and we've released a, a course by Thomas McConkie called Transformations of Faith. And all that work that we've done is to give people resources uh, to continue on their path of faith. And we really believe as an organization that faith is a journey and a process. It's, it's not an on or off switch. Um, and that doubt can be a portal to further growth and further life and further light. So um, those are some of the things that we have been doing. And uh, last October, as you mentioned, we did our first gathering called Restore. And we had speakers and we had music and we had art. And it was one of the most joyful things I've ever been a part of. Um, the spirit in the room was extraordinary. There was so much hope and excitement um, to be in a community that affirms love and affirms uh, Christ. And I think that we want to do more of those, those kinds of gatherings. A new initiative um, that I'm particularly excited about is a magazine called Wayfair. And that's W-A-Y-F-A-R-E, like a poor wayfaring man of grief. Um, and this idea of a journey, um, to me, has been a very powerful metaphor um, for my faith journey and my own spiritual path, because it is often uh, difficult, often hard to see where you're going, <laughs> um, often um, full of unexpected turns, but it's also where growth can happen, uh, where new relationships can form, and where we can feel ourselves changing um, and changing more towards the person that Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother wants us want us to be. So um, we have uh, launched this last month, um, and it is both a print magazine and uh, a digital magazine. We are publishing twice a year and you can subscribe and we'll send you each issue. And it features writing and essays, and poetry and artwork, and stories, um, and a full range of expression because the truth about God and the truth about existence is it's often beyond words beyond our ability to capture them perfectly. 
And so we write and we paint and we write poetry because we're trying to point towards the sources of our hope and the sources of our life and hopefully get closer to that understanding and closer in relationship. So we, we really love uh, the work of this magazine because we, we hope it inspires and uplifts um, and gives people new language for their own experiences. As I've looked through the description of the magazine, I hope you caught that from Zach. It's, there is a print version, but it's just so much more expansive um, when you talk about all the content. I think there's a monthly newsletter that people can sign up for that would probably have links to some of this content. That's right. So we publish uh, two pieces a week usually, and you can subscribe to get every new piece emailed to you. Um, at wayfairmagazine.org. Um, and in fact, Terrell Gibbons has a weekly column on Wayfair called Wrestling the Angels, where he is engaging with a variety of Christian thinkers um, and using them as departure points for his own reflections, the beautiful essays. We've had writing by Richard Bushman and Rosalind Welch um, and uh, all, all kinds of wonderful writers um, and and the words are so powerful. They just they have helped me in my own journey, and I I love being able to share them uh, with our readers. What if someone's listening that would potentially like to write or submit artwork? Are you op- do you have kind of a fixed group of writers, and this is the team? I, I know the answer to this question, but our listeners, are you looking for other people, and is this kind of a community effort? It is a community effort, and we would very much welcome anyone listening who is a writer or an artist or a poet um, to get in touch. Uh, It's wayfair at faithmatters.org. You can send me an email. We have prepared a pitch guide on our website. So if you go to wayfairmagazine.org, you go to the about page. We have a pitch guide there, and we talk about how how to prepare a pitch to send us. We also have a list of topics we're interested in, um, and you can browse through some of the stuff that we've already published to give you a better sense of the style. But for me, what a magazine can be, what I want it to be in Wayfair is a community of friends, a community of friends who support one another in our values and in our journeys. And so we very much want to hear from you. Um, We want you to read and respond. um, And we hope that this is a place where you can find a home for your own exploration uh, and your own spiritual growth. I love that. I hope everybody got that. And that's certainly the tone that I've picked up about Wayfair. And I think of those of you that have less of a voice and, you know, you are, your talents are still kind of hid under a bushel because we haven't fully discovered them. And you may wonder if you have value and contributions um, so I love that this is a platform where you could step forward and and possibly be published by Wayfair, and that might be a springboard to open other doors for you um, as you have unique gifts. One of the things I like about Wayfair is sometimes I think culturally we don't value some of the gifts that you, you know, poetry is something that I haven't been to many training meetings where we've read poems. <laughs> or even very many church talks, but I'm increasingly drawn to poetry and to artwork. 
and to different sort of media vehicles using marketing language. I'm a marketing guy to connect me with, you know, the spirit and with my own personal journey. And I love the expansiveness of Faith Matters and Wayfair. Talk about topics. You mentioned topics. Are there specific topics where you are actually, that are kind of your priorities and you love to get more content? Yes, well, we, we, we don't want to just write about things you hear in Sunday school. We want to write about what you're experiencing in your ordinary lives. So questions of technology, questions of economics, questions of uh, film and what you're watching and what you're wrestling with. Um, we want to write about family dynamics and mental health. Um, really, everything that you're struggling with, everything that you're thinking about every day, we need to write about them. We need to we need to think about them. And so it's it's really very much meant to be um, helping you interpret the world through the lens of faith. And the world is very big and full of mysteries. Um, and faith can be a layer of trust that helps us move forward with hope. Um, thank you. Anything else you'd like to share about Wayfair? No, please just um, subscribe. Subscribe for your friends and your family. Um, they are, we, we spent a lot of time making the issues beautiful. And when you hold it in your hands and you flip through the pages, I think you'll find it to be something that you've never really seen before um, and something that can really help our community continue to grow and evolve. So, um, yeah, please, please learn more and, and write me. Um, love to hear from you. I hope you <clears throat> picked up the song that it's based on, um, that Zach shared with us. So I, I think of that song, I think there's seven verses, Zach. Um, and what a great song. Uh, listeners, my impression whenever I'm connected with the folks at Faith Matters is everything they sort of start to do ends up being a big deal. <laughs> um, Zach's not going to say that, but, you know, the podcast came around and that ended up being a big deal. Restore um, was, a, was a huge deal. I had the chance to be there in October and the, the vocabulary used to describe Restore was terrific. And I agree. And I love the community and the connection. and talking about big ideas in this lane of faithful Latter-day Saints that want to talk about big ideas and are open to how to improve our culture or teachings or still in this lane of just wanting to talk about big ideas in the third century of the Restoration. I love that book by Patrick Mason. And so I think there's a lot of people um, that are looking for this lane that really doesn't exist except with Faith Matters. So I've seen the podcast kind of explode. I've seen Restore explode. And I think this magazine, so, you know, we could talk about all the magazines in this digital age that have gone out of business. <clears throat> and you could have, um, I think this is very different. And it's um, something that I believe um, we will look back in several years from now and, and talk about 2022, 2023, when this was launched. And all the people that the community effort to bring ideas under this big idea um, with everybody's different expertise and gifts to do that. That's one of the things I love about this, Zach, and the Faith Matters platform is 
I really feel there's a lot of people have gifts that I'm not as familiar with. The humanities majors and people with that expertise being a business guy just didn't overlap very much. And I'm trying to overlap more and understand, and it helps me in my personal journey. So I love the expansiveness and the community with people bringing different gifts. I think of the body of Christ and Paul, and we all have our talents, and some are more maybe supported or or normalized in our culture, and others may not be as valued as much. Women's voices or artists or people that write poetry, and I love the faith. I love Wayfair and the ability for us all to connect better. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about Restore. I don't know if um, there will be Restore 2 or if that will come. Any announcement one way or another will come later. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about that. There's probably listeners that are curious. Yes. In fact, this may be the world premiere announcement of when Restore 2023 will be happening, but we do want to have people be able to save the date. It's going to be October 12, 13, and 14 in Sandy, Utah, at the Mountain Expo Center. That's great. Um, this coming year. Um, so save the date. We will be sharing more information shortly um, and a registration page. Um, but yes, please do save the date for, for uh, that week in October. That is great news. I I assume that given the success of the 2022 event, there would be a 2023. Um, that is terrific news. Uh, my wife and I will be there. We had our daughter with us last time. And um, I would guess this venue allows you to have more people come because I think you were at times the fire marshal was there um, a little concerned about the number of people in that room. So I assume part of the reason to go to this new venue is um, – anticipating increased attendance. That's right. So we fully sold out last time and <laughs> we had to turn people away. Um, and we had some very uh, stressful conversation with the fire marshal. Um, so we got a bigger venue so that we can accommodate everyone who wants to come this year. That is great. So listeners, that's October 12th, 13th and 14th, save the date. Um, that is great news. Anything else you'd like to share, Zach, about your personal story, other thoughts that come to mind, Faith Matters, Wayfair, talking to other Latter-day Saints, just anything you'd like to share in closing? No, just that the work that you're doing, Richard, is so important, which is bridging our differences and building love between people. It's so critical. And there are so many of us who want to help build a peaceful world um, and I'm excited to be part of that project, um, and I'm excited to get to know um, many more people who are are trying to walk the path of faith uh, with sincerity and with goodwill, um, and to strengthen one another on that path. Well, Zach, it's been great to have you on the podcast. We could do a whole other podcast about being married to someone from Ukraine and being married in the in that temple in the capital city of Ukraine. I say that name wrong. Kiev? Yep, that works. Uh, Kiev is how the Ukrainians Kiev. say it. So there's kind of a shift from Kiev to Kiev. Well, let's do mm -hmm. Kiev. And um, mm -hmm. that's a whole nother topic. And you're obviously very connected from a personal perspective. Well, that's going on. The heartbreaking things going on in Ukraine. But listeners, I'm grateful for Zachary Davis to be on the podcast. And 
And if any of you that are working at Faith Matters, the leaders, Aubrey and Tim Chavez, you're doing great work. There's so many involved in that organization that I just wanted to extend my personal gratitude for the labor of love and the and the work that this like big boulder is moving and it's getting bigger and it's getting momentum and it's under good stewardship and good strategic um that's my feeling is there's a wonderful strategic vision of smart people guiding faith matters and I think it will continue to grow and be needed so Richard Osler and Zachary Davis signing off from another episode of Listen Learn and Love